You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. For too long, rental housing has existed as a lesser than choice to home ownership. Now, we can choose to rent because it enhances the life we want. RISE has a vision for rental housing that will shape our communities and create a meaningful connection between you and the place you call home. RISE is evolving rental housing, and it starts with you. How would you like to live? Visit homesnotforsale.com to have your say. Well, thanks everyone for joining us this week. Uh, We are so excited as we have, uh, I think, one of my favorite media leaders in Canada. Uh, Fresh, he's young. Uh, Narcity Media has been an outlet that I'm sure your brand has interacted with. I'm sure you've read articles there. I'm sure you've read listicles there. Uh, It is um, a media outlet to be watching uh, and to continue to watch it grow has been really exciting for us here uh, at Marketing News Canada. So Chuck, thank you for joining us. Thank you, uh, Darian. Very glad to be here. So Chuck, those that uh, don't know Narcity Media yet, uh, tell us about Narcity Media and how it got started. Yeah, so uh, Narcity Media is a digital-only media company. Uh, Started off in Montreal in 2013. Uh, So we own and operate uh, narcity.com and mtlblog.com, two millennial-focused publications. Uh, Right now, we're producing anywhere between 100 to 150 stories per day. Uh, We're reaching uh, close to 10 million users in Canada per month. And uh, we're, yeah, we just love, you know, we're super focused on local news and travel. Uh, so anything that has to do with your city, we're in uh, most uh, major markets in Canada and we're sort of experimenting in the U.S. at the moment. It's incredible. So most people don't wake up and say and think, I'm going to start a media company. What, what was the impetus for this beginning and for this uh, getting going? Yeah, uh, I've... I think it's very a uh, personal thing, but also, you know, a uh, uh, realization that I've had when I moved to the city. So uh, I'm from a small town in Quebec, 2,500 people. Uh, so as you can imagine, it's very, very different than living in Montreal or Toronto, uh, where it's, it's uh, you know, everything is different. Like the, the energy, the businesses, the just, just everything is different. Um, so like just personally, I've 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 always been a fan of building web brands. Like I've been doing it since I'm a kid. I sold a bunch of sites, you know, random sites uh, in the you know in the U.S. Uh, probably from my 16 years old to like 22 ish. And um, when I left, I guess the corporate world, or when I was working with uh, with Arisac, which is one of my older uh, companies that I worked there for four years. Um, it's a social uh, media agency. So when I left there, I was like, well, I, you know, I really want to start my own business. And I was kind of divided between, uh, starting my own agency or, or really going with my passion, which is, you know, building web brands. But like, I've never, you know, it's, you know, it's very hard to sort of understand the, the, the large scale or, or trying to make money and revenue and, and a living with a media brand. Uh, that was in 2013. So Facebook was really starting to be that sort of central point for a lot of media brands. Uh, you know, it was super cool to be on Facebook uh, back then. Uh, you know, I think it's still cool. It, it, you know, it is cool to a certain extent today, but definitely not as much as uh, back then. So um you know for me it was kind of like you know i just need to do that jump so i started the business uh with my partner uh joshua in 2013 and it was really like the the essence of it was like okay well i'm going to start a media company but what does that sort of look like like where you know i could start from anywhere um and when i moved here to uh, montreal when i was 18 it was sort of like that that realization that i haven't really lived almost like in a way where it was like, you know, I moved for college here and it was really all about sort of like this whole new life and, and, and just, you know, everything just unfolded uh, in front of me. So it was really about like, 
understanding that this city has so much to offer and like people that live here uh, underestimate, I feel, their city and, and really sort of underappreciate what their city has to offer and, 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 and all of that energy. So, you know, for us, it was like really about like, you know, connecting and doing a bunch of things in the city and like really going out and, you know, li living these like experiences and these awesome events. So we really just started off as, as, you know, doing things that we wanted to do personally in the city and like having a media company also allowed us to, you know, to have access to all these cool events in the city. Uh, so, you know, that was a bonus. And uh, yeah, it was just really tr like working with, you know, with my passion and working with my skills and, and really kind of like going all out and, and trying to build a media uh, business out of it. And, and kind of like my only criteria was like, well, I need to make $2,000 a month and that's all I need, you know? Uh, so it's kind of like, if I can do that and like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a low number, but high number. And, and, and it's kind of just like that sort of benchmark that you need to set for yourself or else you'll never make the jump. That's incredible. So Narcity, is, is it come from narcissistic and city? Is that the, I'm just guessing here, but. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Narcity is for your, a narcissist for your city. Yeah. Okay. Um, I won't lie by saying though, we came up with this like awesome name and we just, you know, found a domain and it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, at, you know, at the very start, we wanted to find a domain with the word uh, city. Yeah. Uh, in it. And we found uh, a bunch. And uh, Narcity was this uh, domain that uh, belonged to, I believe, some German firm. Uh, and uh, I believe it was like it's a very popular tourist attraction in Turkey, which was like a condo development or something like really like colorful and like everything. And they're like, OK, so we could buy the domain for I think it was a twenty four hundred dollars. You know, yes, it was a lot at that point, but it was like it was such a good domain and it just fit with our, you know, with our story and with our culture. So, yeah, we just, uh, yeah, we bought it and then that's it. That's amazing. So fast forward now, 100 to 150 articles a day. Like how many staff is that producing that much content? Yeah. So we're uh, right now we're 80 on payroll. Wow. So uh, we about half of that is in content. Okay. Uh, so journalists, you know, we probably have, you know, if we include editors, like the newsroom staff, uh, writers, um, yeah, we're probably close to like 35 uh, wow. in Canada. Uh, wow. French and English uh, for Narcity and uh, MTL blog. There's like, a, you know, a team of six or seven behind that, just in terms of the content. And then we have a social team that, that uh, supports that. And then we're, you know, this year we're going to start to heavily invest in video. You know, you've seen some vi videos that we've done, but definitely not to the extent that we want to. So you'll definitely be uh, seeing more of that. That's incredible. So we're watching, um, you know, CBC, Post Media, you know, Glacier Black continue to, to kind of, what do you call it, lose staff, right? It's really sad. You know, big layoffs, you hear all the news, yeah. uh, but you continue to grow. You know, wh why is that and what you know what's the future of digital media and why why have you guys been successful look uh i feel you know th this question is asked often to me and it's really about you know i think it's really about like uh shifting and moving very fast like you you know we have a relatively small team you know compared to to you know to do more sort of old school guys uh where, you know, Pulse uh, Media has, I don't know, has a team of like a thousand people at least, you know, if not more. Um, for them to sort of launch a new website, it's going to take them two to three years to build. Like it's just this massive operation that they need to scale across like all their their uh, markets. So, you know, I think it's a really about like the ability to move very fast and change and adapt depending on what's thrown at you, right? Because mm -hmm. in the media industry, it's really all about like resilience and how can you sort of, you know, like not let yourself be down or be uh, demoralized or or switched direction by what is thrown at you. And like, um, and I think it's really about like, you know, focusing on what you control versus what, uh, you know, you don't. And really just like, don't spend time on things that is not your 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 expertise and really sort of develop that and 
I feel like right now, as we've grown and we've du doubled in size on, on staff from last year. So definitely we're kind of like, and we've been preparing ourselves for this, for this scale. So it's, you know, you know, it's really sort of important. I, I feel to really understand what's your skill sets, like what's your strengths and really build that kind of like resilience and speed factors in your processes and systems and operations so that, you know, on a quarterly basis, if not monthly basis, like you can switch your objectives and OKRs, you know, really like fast uh, to be able to sort of pivot uh, in, in terms of a new direction. So for example, uh, you know, a good example is when Google does their core, uh, core updates. Uh, so they just did one. Yeah. So uh, we were affected by two Google core, uh, three, uh, updates this year first one in january second one in may and then the third one just uh, right now uh, early december january was not good for us uh may was also not great for us and uh december one has actually been really great for us so uh you know really understanding and deep diving into the trends and and like, again, it's like, well, we can't build our business model off of like these changes. Like you just can't, like you have to really stick to what sort of you're good at and what's your DNA. And then just really focus on that, on that short and long-term. So short-term to be able to pay the bills and long-term it's like, well, what are you building in like in terms of assets? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think it's all about like pivoting fast, changing fast, obviously keeping your costs as low as uh, possible. And really, you know, just being open to everything that's going to be thro thrown at you over the next, uh, you know, years and months. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, you know, Google News has that aggregator. Apple News has an aggregator. Facebook now has an aggregator pulling in news. What are your thoughts on when you see a Narcity Media article appearing in Apple News, Google News, Facebook News? Yeah, so that's, uh, that's something relatively new for us. Uh, so we, as a media company, uh, digital first and only as well uh we've really understood uh well we you know we really ride that wave of social right like for us you know we're a social first brand i think on facebook we've got you know close to 2.5 million followers in canada so uh and and then on instagram that's been a huge uh focus of ours for the last two to three years um on, on like on instagram i think we're close to yeah probably like 1.5 million now uh but yeah so for us it, it was really about like, okay like how can we how can we bring like really understanding again like if you don't want to be at the mercy of platforms what are you going to do and how are you going to monetize your assets like uh for right now it's more about well distribution on social is super important obviously that's where like the bulk of your audience is then attracting that audience to your website and then keeping them there. We definitely have not done that great of a job in terms of engaging our users on our website via emails and texts and a bunch of other things, just because we we were so sort of focused on that scale and really just trying to reach as much users, you know, as, as we can, but like now realizing, you know, uh, at the beginning of this year, how fragile the ecosystem was, and, you know, with COVID, so for, you know, for example, for us, it was like, well, we do a lot of travel content and uh, things to do in your city. And, you know, with COVID, it's like you could see the immediate drop in terms of uh, organic search and really just uh, everyone all at once stopped to go outside and doing, you know, doing stuff. So for us, that's like, okay, well, wow, like that's like kind of like half our business uh, model. It's also our long-term assets and value as well, which, you know, that content costs a lot more to create, but it, you know, but it doesn't like it, it pays off over time. Mm -hmm. And we had already uh, stretched our news muscles before COVID, uh, thank God. But, you know, with COVID, we shifted to, to about 80% news and 20% sort of evergreen and things to do in your city. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you could see that like, once you s like really pivot your like entire operations to cover like a certain beat and like, you know, after like after a certain while, I think it was like uh, mid April, um, Google released a report as well that like search 
search trends and our uh, referral traffic to publishers covering COVID started to peak. But even though like COVID didn't peak, uh, the fatigue of uh, users kicked in. So, you know, but it's super important to cover in your markets. Like for us, it's super important to, to, you know, give all the facts to our users and to our people in our markets. And, and we have to keep covering that because it's kind of like immoral not to do it. Uh, and, but at the same time, it's like, it's not like users are, are spending more and more time on Netflix, like indoors, like, uh, distracting themselves from what's happening, you know, out there. So it's kind of like, well, you know, we have a moral obligation to sort of cover these stories and, and half of our business is also in peril. So it's kind of like, okay, well, how do we, how do we pivot to, to make sure that we can sort of cover all of that? Um, and yeah. Um, I forgot the first part of your question. No, it's okay. Just, uh, you know, what, what have you been doing as far as like uh, responding to Google and Facebook and Apple News kind of pulling those stories? Like, do you find it helpful? Do you find yeah, it sure, kind of sure. frustrating? Some people love it. Some people don't love it. But I, I love those aggregators. I use them. I find them great to kind of see what's trending. And, and, and every once in a while, I actually see a Narcity article appearing in those uh, aggregators. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, going back to that, essentially... Yeah, so you know, with 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 all of these trends and essentially having to diversify our content streams, we realize that we really need to, you know, with uh, the core update in May from uh, Google and then uh, some updates from Facebook in June, are like I'd say our uh, sort of evergreen content um, referral traffic dramatically decreased, which means we were now entirely. Uh, reliant on Facebook and Google News to sort of bring our traffic. Like that's really not a good thing for us. And 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 we're now competing versus uh, all the other news outlets on essentially the same stories yeah. with less staff uh, and less connections in the city. So we really had to like, okay, well, we need to keep at our core, which is creating a local news and travel, but we need to find other ways to distribute that content uh and reach our audiences that's not on facebook and that's not on google so we're we're you know we essentially right now we're still not on apple news we're approved we're ready to go uh we just have to customize our cms to make it work so we want to sort of connect it through like the api yeah everything is uh ready to go on that uh on there and then we have uh, we have a partnership with smart news which is a pretty uh popular uh news aggregator app in the us and canada and then there's Newsbreak as well, which is like another one. So we're, oh, and uh, Flipboard. Um, yeah. Flipboard, we have a syndication partnership with MSN. Um, we're now a one of the launch uh, partners for Apple uh, Maps in Canada. I saw so that. Guides. It's so exciting. Yeah, they, I, I, you launched uh, you know 12 guides, one in my own town. So thank you for that. No, of course. Uh, yeah, so it's really, it's like, it's finding these, opportunities for partnerships and mm -hmm. distribution partnerships that make sense for us as a brand and for our content. Uh, some pay, some don't, right? Like, uh, you know, that's still the reality of, of, of uh, big tech. Like some of them just don't need to pay you and you're going to do it just because you want the awareness. Um, and some like Google is realizing, well, you know, we have to be ahead of the curve here and we need to start paying for for premium uh, news content. So, you know, we were part of, uh, of their deal this year uh, to um, launch their Google News Showcase, which is essentially a new version of their app. Congratulations, um, by the way, that's really exciting. You were, you know, that was, I know a lot of people were trying to be that and you got chosen, so it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, honestly for us, it's been amazing. It's kind of like, wow, okay, like, you know, we're, we're not just uh, reliant off of, you know, off of ads anymore. Uh, and we can start really thinking like longer term and start planning and start, you know, hiring people for specific things. That's not just to, to really just, you know, uh, every day, just like churn out, you know, content that's, that's going to, 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 you know, make an immediate impact, but also like, how can we create more longer form content and, and, and more in-depth content and platforms start to recognize that. And, and and start to value that in a different way.
Man, and it must have felt good to see when Apple Maps came out, right? It, to be that first guide. That's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, uh, so they launched in the US, uh, I believe, with iOS 14. So I think somewhere in September or October. And then they reached out to us um, um, a few, you know, a few weeks after. And they're like, you know, they, they, I've, I was, uh, to be honest, I was quite uh, surprised um, when I heard them sort of being like, hey, you know, we love your content. And they were looking at us from, um, I think they're Palo Alto. Are they in Palo Alto? Uh, and, uh, I believe we had done a few, uh, bucket lists, uh, things to do in San Francisco and, uh, you know, a bunch of the staff at Apple knew who we, we were. So we were like, you oh, know, this is, this is awesome. So, uh, yeah, essentially we had a conversation with them and we decided to sort of pick our best guides in Canada and launch with that. Uh, so we have, I believe we launched with. Um, 10 guides in Canada and six guides in Quebec in French. It's incredible. It's incredible. Congrats. Um, one thing I want to talk about is the Narcity campaign manager. Tell me about that yeah. NCM. What does it mean? What does it mean for small business owners, for large brands? How does that apply to them? Yeah. So we wanted to launch a self-serve advertising platform for our clients. Okay. And the, we had, you know, there's many different options out there, um, but at, as a general context, we wanted to launch a self-serve platform because we have a lot and a lot of small business clients that come to us to advertise on our website. And we've been doing branded content for, you know, since our existence, so seven years now. And most small businesses, and we started off with like really sort of building that client base locally and then expanding on a more sort of provincial and national uh, uh, partnerships. But at the beginning, it's like we, we, we found a way to really create that, that valuable um, uh, advertisement form for our clients in the form of creating sponsored articles that were really engaging with our users and frankly converted very well for our clients um so you know since we've been doing that we have a lot of demand for branded content uh with our uh you know i believe we probably have like over at least a thousand five hundred active clients in canada and right now we've raised uh the minimum buy to five thousand in last uh year and a lot of small businesses can cannot afford that. Like that's no. like that's that's just way too much. Um, you know, they might have a thousand dollars, you know, marketing budget for their whole year, and you know they're going to spend most of that on Facebook and Google Ads at the moment. So, you know, but they but they want to be on our platforms because they want to be there where people are engaging uh, and and people are are are. You know, it's not Facebook, like it's not, you know, you're not sort of jam packed in between the newsfeed and your friends updates. It's really like you're attached to quality local reporting and uh, there's brand trust that's being built there. And a lot of our clients want to be there. So unfortunately, the, you know, we didn't have that, that option for, for them to be able to advertise on our platforms. And it's kind of like, you know, they could always advertise on Google ads uh google uh adsense and then essentially you know they would have potentially display ads on our websites but like that's not like for most businesses like they won't really know how to do that and they're just going to create like a campaign sort of at large and it's going to get like conversions and clicks and you know the lowest cost wins uh but you know we really wanted to have that sort of platform so we launched uh our self-serve ncm uh with uh, Dan Ads, which is a Swedish um, Swedish white label, uh, I guess, ad tech um, company. And uh, we worked with them for a few months and we uh, launched NCM uh, completely. Essentially, uh, it's a uh, white uh, label solution for us and to be able to offer our clients at any budget. I think our, our minimum budget is $10. Wow. Uh, any uh, any uh, budget that they have uh, for any amount of time, if they want to launch for one day, for three days, for a full month, for a full year, they can manage uh, their buys uh, themselves. It takes, honestly, 30 seconds to set up a campaign. 
um, and they pay directly on the platform and they can monetize, pause the performance, pause uh, creatives, uh, change yeah. them, update them. And it's, um, and it's ads, right? Like the display ads. It's not actually branded content. They're not saying yeah, so articles. It's, yeah, so it's a display ads for now. Uh, yeah. We obviously have, you know, bigger plans uh, for it and we want to, you know, get to a point where potentially advertisers and our clients can launch sponsored uh, content through this platform. Yeah. There's still, there's still with branded content, there's still very much a, a, a creative aspect that you can't really automate, uh, even though I would love to. Uh, yeah. You know, when you create stories with brands, it's a collaboration, it's a partnership. Um, and a lot of our brands, you know, often it's, it's either they love to work uh, with us or they completely hate it. Mm. Uh, it's either or. And when they hate it, it's because they, most of the time it's, they try to impose their messaging and they try to dictate the create, uh, the creation uh, of the story. And, um, you know, we just simply refuse because it's not, that's not the type of content that we know our users will like engage with. So we're kind of like, you know, forcing them to be like, guys, like you need to understand and you need to trust us. Like you're entering this partnership with us and we are here to work with you to show you which type of content works uh, with our audience and you're partnering with us for a reason. So um, a lot of the clients that sort of once they get over that sort of first, you know, bump, uh, they come back and advertise with us like every month, every quarter, uh, just because the results are are always there. That's incredible. That's incredible. I, I love that you're providing such a great support and option for, you know, call micro businesses, small businesses. Our country is full of them. Right. Yep. And and so I, I love that you're giving that as an you're not forgetting about the little guys as you continue to grow and get big. And, and speaking of which, I also saw you got you launched a Narcity marketplace. Tell me about that. Yep. What does that mean for small businesses? Yeah, so the Narcity uh, market is a uh, online marketplace where we curate uh, hundreds of uh, local merchants across Canada and in the US and uh, where we onboard them and connect their products essentially from their store. So uh, either like a Shopify store or other systems and we connect uh, all those products into our market. So what that means is that essentially any user uh, right now in Canada can go on our uh, market and shop for local items directly uh, on one platform and and essentially you know uh, pick and choose what they want to buy um and they can support local business while doing so and we're really you know we're really striving at like not necessarily becoming that sort of like amazon and really trying to you know reap as much uh i guess value and extract as much value from our businesses and partners as we can it's really more about helping people discover all the most amazing products that businesses have to offer because with COVID on top of it, like you can't go out there and like, you can't go in markets and well, I mean, you can go in malls, but like, it's a terrible experience. Like it's not fun at all. So how could we sort of help, uh, you know, sort of unlock all these amazing products from our merchants into one place and, and, and hopefully, you know, help uh, drive sales for these businesses and partners. So Chuck, I, I got to ask, and I, and I think I'm not the only one thinking this, oh, why? Like, you know, you, you continue to have this incredible media, you know, conglomerate, you're growing, you're doing really well. Why have you, uh, why are you doing all this stuff for the little guy? What's the point? I mean, again, like when I moved here, when I was 18, like realizing, you know, how many small business owners do we have in this, like in this country? I believe we're close to 4 million or something, right? Am I like, I feel like that's, that's uh, right um and you know small businesses of any sort make up the culture of your city like they they any type of you know any type of service or product that they offer or sell is something unique in its own thing and like every interaction and every sort of walk-in that you have into a business and like every Every like, you know, piece of branding and logos and like all of that, like, like it's all a mix of culture and businesses build that culture. And for us, it's like, you know, we wouldn't exist without them. Yeah. You know, and, and, and a lot of our stories still today is around like deals that's happening, you know, in the city and like things to do in the city and like things to do in the city. It's like, 
well, you know, you can go walk around and, you know, not do anything, but that's boring. That's not fun. Like you want to, you want to integrate these experiences from these merchants and businesses into bucket lists, into activities, into like exploring your city. So it's all kind of part of like a, a, a city culture web mm-hmm. and you, you know, I mean, you have to support them. It's, it's, it's kind of like, it's just part of our mission as a, like, as a business, we have to support them. And, 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 you know, without that, you're, you're essentially, and, and th- this is scary. I mean, it's definitely, you know, we're not like right now, like we're not saying that we found a solution to, you know, to help uh, the millions of business owners that will potentially go under, you know, next year. Um, and, you know, some things that I often say is we need to support businesses as well, realize their potential and realize what they have to do to stay current. Like if you look at a lot of the merchants that we partner with, like a lot of the merchants that we partner with, thankfully really understand sort of the importance of shipping and shipping on time and making sure that their products are well packaged. Um, and, you know, like I, I feel like we're, we're grateful enough to work with these partners that understand, but there's, there's the majority of businesses don't understand how important it is to sort of have that full funnel and, 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 and great uh, uh, service offering online. And, you know, when you're, when you're looking at, you know, as, as potentially, you know, soon a, 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 a father, like you want to be able to buy things really efficiently, uh, quickly, uh, and cheaply, you know, where do you go? You're going to go on Amazon because you have an Amazon prime and you're going to, you know, get your diapers in, in 12 hours or, you know, so how can local businesses compete with that? And I think it's a lot about, it's possible. It's just very, very, very hard. And, and, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to sort of bridge that gap because we have that massive audience and we have that, that like engagement and, and, and it's our duty to support local business because that's what makes up the culture of the city. It's amazing. Well, as a son of a refugee who came from Hungary and started a small business, you know, in Tawasson, BC, uh, you know, he, that's what helped put food on my table, man. So thank you. I want to thank you as a, yeah, a recipient of a small business owner. And, and continue. My dad is still at the register. He's still running a small business in Tawasson. It's, it's awesome, man. Um, one thing I noticed about Narcity, and, and you mentioned this, uh, where if you've seen Lord of the Rings, there's the dwarves, right, who go into the mines and they pull out all these gems, right? I feel like you go into cities and you pull out those gems that are those small businesses, right? Like your Honey's Donuts, right? Like kind of these little micro businesses that you give that leg up to, that you give that kind of highlight to and shine a light upon them so that they can thrive and survive in this next season? Yeah, it's really, I feel like that's our DNA. Like, you know, we call it, we create like now and wow stories. Um, now is everything that's going to be, you know, trending right now and 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 things that we need to talk about right, right now in these cities. But like, you know, our our wow stories is where all the magic happens and you know we we created our brand and people identify with us by being able to find these gems in your city and it's not just like really you know really sort of unique and like underground things that like you don't really sort of you know or you you need like a password you know to like enter like that's not like what we're about we're about transforming everyday things into amazing experiences and amazing things. And it's really, it's really a, a fact of perception. And when you go in your city and there's so many negative things that's happening, like the, you know, the, the, the Metro is late or there's a construction on the gardener and uh, you know, it's closed down for like, you know, a full week. Like uh, what do you like, you know, life goes on. And, and when you realize again, that like your city is, is, is a living organism and, and there's always things that's changing and adapting and you really, um, you know, it's our mission to make these mundane things that happen in potentially in your city that you don't necessarily realize, you know, are full of life and really cool things. And, 
it's uh, you know our content creators uh, nail that, and that's that's sort of really I feel as well for businesses that are that are game to to you know play in that field and really like understand like you know people's tastes change all the time. Like for example, you know one uh, popular story that we had like uh, I, I believe last year two years ago in Toronto was around uh, we talked about this charcoal covered uh black ice cream yes i know that story <laughs> and yeah and it's just like it's this thing it's just like what the hell i mean it's just ice cream yeah right like it's just it's ice black, cream but but it but it's pitch black yeah pitch black and and you know it's just to like and it's super expensive and like and people line up across the block to to just you know be able to buy one and like own one and be part of that story now uh, so like, that's our mission is to not necessarily like this small business that's, you know, that sold ice cream, uh, potentially like this innovation, this small innovation has made their entire summer. And during that summer, everyone wanted a piece of that business. And I feel that's what businesses need to do. They need to look at how they can innovate within, within their means and what they control and, and really stay on top of trends. Uh, and, you know, I, I hope that that's what, you know, we support uh, doing in our so, cities. Chuck, I need to ask, so uh, speaking of people in the city, so you have some staff writers probably across the country, right? You've got your uh, Clark Kent's, your Lois Lane's, right? Reporters writing stuff, right? Kind of getting the stories out there. Um, if someone is like like a, a user, like a regular person, you know, I'm a dad of four kids, but I, I, I know of the best Christmas lights to go to in the Fraser Valley. So Langley area, right? It's this little gem. So I, I took some time and made a little Google Maps, the 12 best lights of Langley. But if you want to say, like, if I want to submit something to you, I'm curious about the submission process. If I'm just like a regular Joe, do you take user submissions like BuzzFeed or Thrive Global does at the moment? Yeah, uh, absolutely. We have uh, we have a page called uh, News Tip. Um, okay. Unfortunately, I, I I do think that just the fact that you're asking me this now means that you don't know that you could do this. So we definitely you know need to put a lot more emphasis on it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so we do take a user submissions, and frankly, I mean most of these submissions that we do take is from uh, social people give us ideas, uh, spots and comments yep. on Instagram and Facebook yep. all the time. Nice. And, and, you know, this was actually a point of, uh, friction, uh, as we started our business, uh, in the last sort of, or like in the first sort of three to four years while en entering the media space, a lot of publications usually got their stories from PR companies and sort of getting pitched these, you know, these stories and like, uh, press uh, releases and kind of having to build a relationship with this PR agent and really um, sourcing stories was completely different. And we brought this unique angle where we're like, well, we don't need PR agencies to tell us what to write about. And if we do, that means that we're not really connected to our city that much mm -hmm. because we should uh, source our stories from the people that live in the city. So when we, you know, we would often say like, hey guys, like they would, PR agencies are super important and I love them and they're doing a fantastic job for their clients. But, you know, if it's just not the same as what it used to be now, it's like, if you're a PR agency, you need to be focused on the content creators that are the people, not on the publications. Like the publications are going to source their stories from the people, not from you. Uh, so it's a lot about, building that connection, but just understanding where like, like the popular hashtags, like, uh, businesses, just really sourcing from your friends and family. It's kind of like, you know, we, we often say to our people, like, if you wouldn't talk about this story or be excited to share this story and this angle with your friend, why are you spending time to write about the story? Yeah, no, it's great. It's kind of like you have to see it as like you need to be engaged with this story yourself and your friends and your sur like surroundings need to be engaged with this story because if they're not, how do you expect this to work? Like it's just not like we're competing versus billions of pieces of content created per day. Yeah. Like you need to make sure that what you're doing is relevant to your surroundings and to your city and to your friends. 
because if it's not, then you're you're a goner. It won't work. So give me give me the life cycle of a of a like a pitch. Like if I, I and using this as a hilarious example of like I've made this like scrappy little twelve lights of Langley and Langley again. It's forty five minutes forty five minutes outside Vancouver, but it has these incredible light displays that some people have spent. Yeah, I want to say thousands of dollars on and and hours of time. So I submit it, and then where does it go from there? I, I, imagine we're in like a uh, Mister Rogers. Uh, TV show where it's like, here's the life cycle of how a, a pop uh, you know, pop can gets made. <laughs> once, I, once, I, once I submit it, where does it go? Uh, so, okay, let's say, you know, let's say, well, it, like, I guess it kind of depends. So let's say you're sharing a, what a, like, like a Google Maps guide or something. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, I'm a guy in Langley. I'm a dad in Langley. And I know about yeah. some great lights. You should share about this on your site because it's cool. And yeah. lots of my yeah. friends ask about it. Right, yeah. So you're going to, Oftentimes you're kind of you're gonna tag the place directly on Instagram, uh, and then you're gonna say you know this place is super awesome. It, you know it's like like they they have this cool new sort of like uh, uh, fifty feet snowman this year, and it's fucking awesome. Like yeah. um, so, you know this is going to like essentially we have a team that monitors uh, comments uh, mm-hmm. and responds to comments as much as we can. Um, and from this, we usually have a sourcing, uh, feedback loop where mm-hmm. any sort of ideas and our, our content creators also monitor his comments on their posts. So nice. that helps. Uh, and we try to encourage that as much as possible because like, again, that's where you get all your, like all, like all the good stuff that like, is not about what sort of your thinking is cool is, is about what your audience is actually saying to you. What's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. You know, I don't like. I don't think we have this like this like you know uh, workshop factory type thing where it goes down like like the funnel and 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 you know and goes to people. But uh, I think it's more just about like always being on, like yeah. always just always being alert. Like yeah. content creators, like you can't just come in in the morning and sit up at your desk and just be like, hey, I'm gonna write about this today. Like you know that doesn't work that way like you need to come prepared usually you want to sort of source your stories like the evening before so that you kind of have this general understanding of what's important and what matters and like really it's it's a creative job and you can't just expect like you know the magic to happen you kind of like need to do the work too yeah um so yeah that's really cool. That's really cool. So best pitch, uh, and you, you mentioned PR agencies and then pitching. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, listen to the people. But if a PR agency was to pitch, what's your biggest advice to, to a pitch that works? Oh, man. Uh, I usually, and I've told this to a few uh, PR executives as well. And I tell them, like, if you want to do a collaboration with a brand and you want to pitch us this story, uh, make sure that, like, it's, it's um, you're giving something for free. Yes. Like, you know, and giving something for free, again, it needs to be at scale. Like, it can't just be like, hey, I'm going to, you know, do a contest and like, I'm going to give this. Like, no. Like, so for example, uh, and this is a really great example, McDonald's is one of our clients. Uh, We work with them on the media buying side. We work with them on the PR agency side. And we also write about them very often uh, on the like editorial side. And the editorial side is not connected to the branded side at all. Like it's church and state for us. Nice. So when, you know, when McDonald's is going to collaborate with their PR agency to, you know, launch a new Big Mac or yeah. like a collaboration with, you know, PK Subban or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're going to give out like 500 free Big Macs and burgers at this location in Montreal like our story creators are going to catch that probably even before the PR agency sends it to us. Uh, and if they don't, uh, those types of stories is like, usually uh, the PR agency sometimes gets around our, our email communication channels yeah. and pitches the creators directly. Okay. And some have a great uh, relationship with them. And like, we're super honest about it. It's yeah. like, yeah, I, like, of course we're going to write about this for, yeah. for free. Like this, this, this is, I mean, this is editorial. Like they decide what they want to, to do yeah. and they know that like everything that's free is going to work at a large scale and like fits within our, you know, our our, our pitching system. Um, and then oftentimes we, uh, e- even though we work with them on the branded side, uh, we, well, we tell them it's like, well, yes, we have this like new initiative. It's like, yeah, but like 
it seems like our team already wrote about it. So obviously we're not going to like cannibalize this sort of organic effort. So let's work with you to amplify that message even more and let's create like other pieces of content. So That's yeah, awesome. really uh, like anything that you can do for free uh, is a winner for us. Um, couldn't say it's the same thing with other publications, but for us, like if you're doing free coffee, free food, um, you know, anything that like, you know, your friend and, and mother could go to like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. something that like, like, again, not something within like, Hey, like you can get a free coffee from like 1 PM to one yeah. thirty PM it, you know, in this corner of this thing from like a random brand, it's like, no, like that won't work. Like do something different. Yeah. Do something different and make sure that like you can, you can get as many people as possible to attend this thing. Uh, but it's usually, yeah, it's like, just think about like, like what story are you trying to tell here? Yeah. And if you're just trying to pitch a very corporate, you know, like initiative from your brands, like, you know, there's no way that our content creators will catch that. Like, again, think about like, what would the average Joe want to, or be excited about? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, question I have, do you want to give a shout out to Heritage Canada? Like, are you guys one of the recipients of the aid to publishers support? Uh, no. Okay. Wow. So yeah. you guys are all scrappy, no tax support. No, that's incredible. No. Man. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, I mean, uh, like a lot of businesses in Canada, uh, thanks to the Sioux, uh, we were able to, to benefit a lot, uh, from, from that. And that, that helps save some jobs for sure. Yeah. Uh, but no, we are not, uh, we are not getting any, uh, any tax, uh, credits or nothing around, uh, around what we're doing, which is, which is, to be honest, I, I was kind of surprised when I started to look into it like a few years ago, but yeah. from what we understood, uh, Heritage Canada and others are like the, um, the CMF. So the Canadian, uh, media fund, yeah. all of them are entirely geared and built around traditional media. Yes. And, and they just updated it a month ago. A month ago, got okay. it, and so the deadline was three weeks ago for for digital only publications. They just released that wow. grant. Yeah, so the, the well, uh, Tala's is on the call, so Tala will definitely get on that. Yeah, so <laughs> they they just changed it. So what happened was the uh, Canadian Magazine Association uh, fought for years yeah. to say there's yes. digital yeah, exactly. publications, and they yeah. won, and they convinced them, and so it's their wow. first year doing it. So it was a it was a five page application, and and they asked for a screenshot of your analytics. And, and that was it. And just kind of what's your revenue and what are you paying for content creators? And then you'll get put in the pool to get a funding. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah that like I, I knew that it would happen one day, honestly, I think, yeah. I think it's all about like, you know, these organizations sort of evolving and really uh, understanding like where, where the bulk of the costs are being uh, put like into now. So, uh, so I, I'm not surprised, but I'm, yeah, I'm glad it's happening now and we'll definitely look into it. Um, however, it's still like, I feel it's still sort of important, uh, for us to be able to make a profit as a business and as a media business without funding, because again, you're, you don't know what's going to be lie ahead. And like, I, you know, you like, it's there, there's so many things that like you can be doing and it's, and it's really about as a media business in 2020, you really need to understand like, how are you generating value for your users and partners? And if you're not generating that value and you're not able to build a profitable business from that, then you're, you're screwed. Yeah. Like your, your media is not done shifting. It's not done. Uh, you know, it's not done changing and we're, you know, hopefully potentially in three to five years, it's going to start to settle down. But like the landscape is going to be again, completely different than what we're seeing now. And we're, you know, we're, we're very, we're on the right path to be one of those co companies in five years. That's able to, to say, yeah, we built a successful media business in Canada uh, with all the things that's been happening. And, and we're able to employ a lot of people and we're, you know, we feel confident that we're giving that value to our users. And eventually, you know, we want to get to a position where advertising is, is, is less than 50% of our revenue. Like mm -hmm. I want to start generating re revenue from our users eventually. Yeah. But to do that, that's going to require so much 
transformation and so much value that you're offering your your users. So that's the shift that we're thinking internally now as well as what what is our company going to look like in five years? It's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, 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 my wife and I, we subscribe to the Globe and Mail Saturday edition. We get a physical newspaper that comes because we find value there, right? And if it, the physical experience and reading it with the kids, it's great also for kindling for, you know, after you read it for making little fires and good for the kids to make, you know, paper mache or yeah. hats. Um, but I think one interesting thing about the new periodical fund for digital only is they don't recognize podcasts yet or video yet. So you, if you do podcast or video, you need to supplement it with a written format of said video or podcast, uh, but they're getting there. It, it's really exciting. It was a really exciting update for media in Canada. So I'll send you a link to the application. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for the heads up. I'll definitely look into it. Chuck, I really appreciate you making time. I know that you, uh, any day now, you're about to have a new baby and enter fatherhood. So uh, an early congratulations on that. It's an exciting Thank adventure. You. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, it was great to talk to you. Let's uh, do this potentially in Quebec too. Oh, we'd love that. We'd love that. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us uh, this week on Marketing News Canada, and we'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.